the hospitality industry more than other industries, I would imagine, there's a lot of fraternizing that goes on. Fraternizing meaning like when you join a fraternity or a sorority in like the beginning when they fraternize you, you know, they like beat you up and stuff, call you names. And throughout this you develop like a relationship with someone from the fraternity during this fraternizing period where you learn from them, they become your mentor, your big brother, you know, like someone, like a partner to help you out with things. You know, you have respect for them, some even call it love. If I were to pick one person for fraternizing that Beck would pick, Beck, he would pick one person. That person would definitely 100% have to be Sagandis. Sagandis is one of these people that's just like, he's mysterious, but he's wise, you know? And he, he doesn't talk much, but when he does, it's Sagandis nuts. Hey! <laughs> so my day started interesting the other day. Like, like way more interesting than the last time. And the last time I brought in a welder, okay? Uh, yeah. So I come inside. I mean, uh, Beck's still gone. So I guess I'm kind of like assuming the role that he's done. And like, I, that didn't really hit me at first. Like, I'm, I'm assuming the role of the executive chef of this gigantic multi-million dollar restaurant that doesn't exist, you know? But if you don't believe me, and if you think I'm being too pompous, it came from the general manager's own fingertips. You know, he specifically said, Beck is on P, uh, PTO, part-time off. So he's like, Beck is on vacation. You're supposed to be leading. So, okay, so okay, cool, I'm the executive chef then. Sweet, see what I mean? So it's kind of nice. So I come inside and I have to assume some of the responsibilities that he has, which is cool. So I go in in the morning and I do some chef stuff. Like I'm not gonna get into it there, but you know, I agree with these things, these, this monotonous activity, which is why I did it first. Send out the emails I gotta send out, head my way over to the office. I'm sitting there in the office. I'm doing a plug in away, doing my thing on the computer. And then uh, Pam turns around and she's like, did Beck talk to you already? Now, right here, there's a crossroads. I know there's some shit about the good. This is my first curveball of the day. It's how big is the curveball? Is it the size of a golf ball or is it the asteroid from uh, Armageddon? What's going on? So she's like, did Beck talk to you already today? And I was like, no, of course not. I'm at work. Beck only reaches out to me when I'm off and I did something wrong. And I don't know where he lives, so I couldn't have possibly done anything wrong that I, I don't think. And she, she does this eye roll. She rolls her eyes where like the whole building moves like as she rolls her eyes back into the back of her head. Like I feel the vibrations of the building. You know? And as she's rolling her eyes to the back, she then remembers why she got my attention in the first place. And she doubles back with the, so you know that order that you placed yesterday? So in, in the company that I work for, we buy our food because we like to buy food. Because we don't want to go to the store and buy food to the store. So we get this company to deliver it to us. For the most part, like 85% of everything that we have. Not produce and not fish. But we're a steakhouse, so you can imagine how much that is. Um, we get from this one company. So she's like, do you know that, that, that order you placed from that company? And I was like, yeah. She's like, someone placed it on will call instead of delivery. Which will call, for you that don't know, is, is when you go pick up the food. So like some restaurants, if they don't want to get it delivered because it's an extra charge... Or whatnot, if it's a, you know, a small load, they'll go and pick it up at the place, at the manufacturer's like depot or whatever, warehouse. I was like, where is it? She's like, Jersey City. And I was like, nice. How, how much of things is it? She's like, two pallets. Pallets are those things that they have the forklifts lift, you know, the, the wooden things. Yeah, two of those. So like a thousands, thousands of pounds worth of stuff. 
I was like, why would Bobby do this? Bobby placed the order last night. Well, why would he do this? Like, would he do... Maybe he did it by accident, so I, I made a mock... I had to make a mock order, and I pretended to almost place an order just to see how it would have been done. And sure enough, it's set to delivery. You would have to go out of your way to select, pick up, and then, you know, that's apparently what happened. So now Pam is like... Pam is one of those people, she's very, like... She's strict. Like, I could see her being, like, an amazing mom one day. Like, her kid is going to be the president, for sure. For sure. An astronaut or some shit. Because she's strict. She likes things a certain way. And if you're doing something that she doesn't like, she'll just stop talking. Like, just done talking to you. Like, that you don't exist. She's really good at the you don't exist thing. But she has gone out of her way to mention to other people that I'm smart. Like, she defends me when people call me an idiot. Which I really respect a lot. So thank you for that, Pam. I appreciate it. She said, no, he's actually, this, the sad thing is he's actually really smart. You know? The reason I'm pretending to be an idiot is because I want people to think I'm an idiot. I like it that way. You know? Anyway, um, so <laughs> she's like, yeah, so why would he do that? I said, why would Bobby place that order? She's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, hang on. Let's give it the benefit of the doubt because it's a holiday. It's Labor Day. Maybe, like, maybe the company switched it or something or they couldn't deliver because, I don't know, whatever it is. She's like, nope, she wasn't having it. She's like, nope, it was Bobby's fault. Off with his head. She took her axe out. She's sharpening the axe. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right, fine. Let's do it. YOLO. So I called Bobby up. And I was like, Bobby, why the fuck did you place the order on pickup? And he's like, oh, they forced me to place it on will call. There was no selection for delivery. So sure enough, much like Babrina told me a little earlier, is that during the holidays, especially one like this, when there's a Brooklyn parade and a Manhattan parade and all the streets are packed, companies don't like to deliver because it takes their trucks forever to get out and back. And it's a nightmare. So for that one day, everyone could suck it up and just, you know, either come pick it up or wait an extra day for your stuff to come. So sure enough, I was like, yeah, Pam, like I told you, it wasn't him doing it intentionally. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know about that. So she's, you know, she's, she's one of these people that's like, I, don't know, I, don't know, I can't put her finger on her. Like I, so we have this, um, she goes, <laughs> we have this invoice thing right where she just puts in the invoices she does them all so she knows like all the letters of the invoice before the invoice even arrives she knows exactly what's on it what's going on she's like well maybe you could purchase these things from another company i'm like yeah okay maybe whatever she's like i can't believe this outrageous and i was like okay and then she goes and she like answers the doorbell we have this doorbell that people ring she like foresees the doorbell before it rings somehow she like knows how to feel people outside the door which is like 20 yards away it's pretty wild it's pretty crazy and she loves the color prussian blue oh she's this is probably where she's gonna stop the episode if she even listens anyway so <laughs> so then i was like shit what are we gonna do you know we have this food this guy placed it on will call like my god why would you place it on delivery this is like so weird and and strange and bobby wants to hear something on this podcast that he did but I'm not going to say what it is because I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt or the satisfaction. So booyah kasha, right? Now Beck has got his own quirks. Beck's a guy about labels. Beck, Beck's all about labels. And I don't mean like labeling people or situation, no, physical, actual labels. Like he has a thing for them. Much like Pam can sense people at the door before they bring the bell, Beck can sense when a label is about to expire from like thousands of miles away into the future. So he will be just standing there having a conversation about like whatever it is and he'll be like, oh my God, the Caesar dressing in Chicago is about to expire. And he texts the person in Chicago and they're like, how the fuck did you, yeah, it's today. He was like, why haven't his, why hasn't the label been changed? You know, like he feel like he's fucking freakishly weird superpower like that. So of course, 
what happens with labels? Let me explain something about labels, right? Labels are made for food to uh, alert people when the food has been spoiled. So if you have milk that's not organic and that's you know whole milk from the deli, the you know the um, use-by date will probably be about a week. So if you know if you go past that date, you can't use it. The milk is bad. If the health department comes in and sees this products out of date, they will mark us down for health inspection. Um, failure and we will be in trouble and you know hell will come loose with all the things anyway so what happens is usually companies that know that the health inspectors are coming do whatever they can to make this labeling process easy meaning they have these machines these label making machines that all you have to do is type in the the item and then the thing prints it for you the date on the label the item itself when the item expires which is why it's interesting about our company our machines that are supposed to make it easier for labeling are actually making labeling fucking impossible because here's why let's say we get a case of ketchup in ketchup comes in these plastic containers that's covered and sealed so it's away from the elements nothing is bothering it chilling right what's ketchup predominantly vinegar and tomato paste you know that's it. That's it. Salt, you know, so preservatives, three, three different types of preservatives. Um, when you take it out of the container that it comes in and you pour it into a smaller container of similar um, plastic that is, you know, similar type of plastic, you put a lid on it, everything is nice. In your opinion, how long does the shelf life last? Now, the shelf life of ketchup is about a year and a half, and that's not even a use by, that's a best buy date, which means you could still eat it after a year and a half, it just won't be as ketchupy, right? So what do you think that would happen to the lifespan if you take it from that container and you pour it into another container? Absolutely no change whatsoever. You're absolutely right. It doesn't change the lifespan. It's the same ketchup. Because we're not opening the bottle in Chernobyl, right? Where there's fucking radiation everywhere. We're not. We're in New York City. Not that bad of a kitchen. There's, there's no, no COVID molecules flying around. And even if there were, the vinegar would kill them. But our company decides that whenever we do that to anything, to the honey, which literally never expires, Look it up. It's a fact. Never, never, ever. Thousands of years from now, it'll be crystallized, but it won't go bad. Sea salt in a jar with nothing else in it, just sea salt, literally kills anything forever. Sea salt. When we take it out of the jar and put it in our own little jar, the shelf life goes to from infinity to five days. So a ketchup goes from about 500 day shelf span to five. Right? So that's a, that's, that's a hundred times less a thousand percent less so that makes perfect sense because why would we make it labeling easier we're going to make labeling easier but it's harder at the same time because if the health inspection comes and they look at this sea salt that has a five-day shelf span shelf life knowing full well how long sea salt lasts they will mark us down for it because the health inspection the health inspectors they don't care about the health of the population they care about money so if they see that you wrote your own label and gave your salt a five-day shelf life and you pass that date, and you're an idiot, and you're going to pay now. It's like it's like a paradise for them. So that's what we do. And uh, Beck's like all about this. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, because he's the one that made me take this food handler's exam. So now all this information is fresh in my mind because that's how my brain works. It remembers all this shit. And now I'm like, well, this doesn't need to be labeled. The blue cheese does not need to be labeled. The Parmesan cheese does not need to be labeled. None of this has to be labeled. There are there's a list, a whole list of foods that are exempt from the date marking. It's called on the government website in New York. But no, 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 no. And God forbid we have to make something for this special salad that we're supposed to have, seasonal, so it's, you know, carte blanche about whatever we want to make. Say I make a balsamic vinaigrette for this salad, 
can't print a label for it because the label doesn't exist in the machine system. Now the machine system is updated and it has a custom setting where you can type in whatever you want, but we're not allowed to use that because corporate blocks it. Nice, just like we're not allowed to watch a YouTube video on how to fix the upstairs bar dishwasher because we're not supposed to do that. So we have to watch it on our phone or maybe just call the company that comes and fix it, which will, you know, they'll, uh, let's see, they'll probably like cost a thousand dollars for them to fart into the phone and laugh at us. But yeah, we like doing that. Fuck the YouTube videos. Dimitri, you don't know what you're doing. Cool. So you know what I did? I found the one item in the restaurant that has a 28 day shelf life, which is obviously, I'm not going to make it that easy. And I cut off the tops there. So it's the same label, but just no name. So now what you do is you take a 28-day shelf life label, you put it over the five-day shelf life label, and now your ketchup will last still a ridiculously amount, ridiculous amount less than its actual expiration date. But at least we're not shooting ourselves in the foot, creating more percentages and areas for error, right? On top of that, what else happened? Uh, oh yeah, corporate, of course. Corporate emails are the best. You gotta love them. You know what I mean? It's going to be a busy weekend, guys. Make sure that you have your staff. Everything's cleaned. All the food goes out great. Everyone shows up on time and the labor's low, okay? Got to love those emails. Got to love the emails that, like, between the lines say, hey, guys, it's going to be really busy. And this email is to make sure and to cover all my bases to make sure that I take absolutely no responsibility for anything that happens, even though I'll be there. There it is. Because if something were to go wrong, they could be like, well, I sent the email of the obvious threat. And they still didn't see the obvious threat. Oh, I can't believe this. Somebody has got to get fired. You know what I mean? Fucking dicks. Like, I don't see what's going on. Your little pep talk just tells me that you're not responsible. You're choosing not to take responsibility for any of it. So just skip it, please. This isn't cheerleading class. All right. So now, yeah, everything has a 28-day shelf life. And uh, YOLO. <laughs> I'm kidding. I used it responsibly, and so should you.